PC. I'm a, a recovering compulsive overeater and junk food addict. And Nancy, thank you for, for inviting me uh, to speak tonight. Um, I, I used to identify as a relapser. That's what I used to call myself. And I don't do that anymore. Um, now I refer to myself as a relapse survivor. And I'm very grateful that um, I have survived uh, many relapses in this program. And I also have survived some uh, relapse experiences in my, my other program. And I have always felt that recovery really isn't that straight line that we think that that it should be and we come in we see the light we change and and then we go off into the sunset and um you know i don't know too many people like that in this program um in my other program there are quite a few people like that and um you know that just wasn't my story and I remember um, I found 12-step programs when I was 21, and my life was, was falling apart. I had just hit uh, 200 pounds, and I just couldn't imagine uh, what was next. That was to me that was that was just just not not acceptable. I had just gotten sober in Alcoholics Anonymous. And I uh, was living, you know, on a college campus. And Weight Watchers worked for me the first time, but I could never become one of those lifetime people because, uh, you know, I was down at my goal weight for five minutes. And I uh, had found out about OA. I heard about a commercial about it when I was uh, 18. And my best friend and I, who dieted together, we sent away for this information that it came in the mail. And we opened it up and we saw the word God and we said, ah! And we ripped it up and threw it away. And, and now, uh, so at 21, I, at an AA meeting, a man pulls me aside and says, you know, food a lot. And you talk about your weight a lot. You know, there's a program. So he sent me over and um, I started to find out about it. And I was really struck by the progressive nature of this disease because so many people would say to me, you are so young. This is wonderful that you found this now. You're not going to have to go through everything that we've been through. Um, you could, this is the answer. You could do it. So, uh, little did I know that at that time that, um, I was going to spend the next, uh, 37 years in and out of this program. And, I have had some long periods of abstinence. I have had um, weight loss. Um, I've had periods where, uh, you know, I came in back in the 80s when it was, you know, uh, all focused on the sugar and, you know, I came right in and I got a sponsor and I, and I, um, and I, I gave away the sugar for a year. And then uh, uh, at, at a year, I hadn't lost a single pound. And at that point, I was probably, you know, 220, 230. And I knew that my problem was deeper than sugar. Um, so I'm like, well, obviously that doesn't work. So, you know, over the years, 
I, I'm one of those people that I would come in, I would get abstinent. Like, the, the meetings have always worked for me. I, I, if I went to a meeting, I would get abstinent. And I would have a period of it, and then I would leave for whatever reason. Um, I became very involved in OA in the 90s when I moved out to California, and I met some wonderful people, and uh, two of them are still my dear friends, um, even though none of us stayed with the program consistently, but, but our friendship did, did continue. And at that point, I got really involved, and I was the, the chairperson of the inner group, and I was, you know, so I was doing service, and I was having a, a great social life with OA, and um, I just uh, didn't have a well-rounded recovery. I couldn't, I just couldn't seem to get it. And um, I, when I, one of the times when I relapsed with my alcohol and I went to rehab, you know, they said to me, you, you have a problem with relapse, so that needs to be the focus of your recovery. Relapse prevention needs to be a focus for you. Um, and I learned then that a relapse starts way before I picked up that bite or that drink, way before then. And for me, it usually started with negative thinking. When I started to get negative about things at the meetings, uh, or people at the meetings, um, and then I would go to less meetings and you know I I wasn't honest um, I just wasn't honest and I you know I went I found another 12-step program for food that was very very structured and uh, rigid perhaps and um, and I and I had a hundred and seventy pound weight loss and I was normal sized for the first time in my in my life and um, I maintained that for five years um, but my sponsor moved away and the meetings folded where I lived and uh, I didn't seem to be able to work the program over the phone. My ADD, my ADD just, I, you know, I get on a meeting and then all of a sudden half an hour had passed and I hadn't heard a thing. So, you know, Zoom's different because I have that visual, but, you know, the phone was really tough for me if all I was doing was listening. But, you know, of course I gained all that weight back and, you know, I remember the first bite of that. But more importantly, you know, I remember way before that when I stopped reading the literature and I stopped talking to people in the program and, and then I stopped going to the meetings. And, you know, picking up the food was always the last, last thing. Um, and so now that's really important for me because I had those, those things to identify. So um, I did it. Uh, after that, I did a different 12-step program for food. And you know, and tried that one, and I learned about shame. My, talk, my sponsors all taught me about shame. I got fired all the time um, and uh, lost 100 pounds, and then uh, my anonymity was broken in a really big way, and I was all wrapped up in drama in the inner group, and I just I said, I, I can't do this anymore, and I left. And I gained 100 pounds back, and then I finally said, I'm going back to OA. I'm going to go back to OA. I can take... I, now I know what my trigger foods are. I could take that and I can go into OA. And, you know, I got resentful towards OA, honestly, because a couple of my friends died. And they died, you know, one of them, he died abstinent. That's what he called it, you know. And he was out getting, getting candles for abstinence. And, you know, but he didn't have any physical recovery. And he died at 46 of heart failure. 
from his diabetes and his heart problem, you know? And, and of course, my negative thinking and everything, like, see, see? So I had all these resentments. And, um, but I put them aside and I came back uh, last, uh, last year and I got abstinent and I got a sponsor. Uh, God handed me a sponsor, but I didn't utilize her. I hardly ever called her. And, uh, um, you know, I was waiting for her to tell me what to do. And she was waiting for me to show that I was ready and, you know, to really do the work. And I lost 70 pounds and, um, I was cruising along and then came Christmas and I was very sad on Christmas due to the usual, you know, broken up family type things and stuff. And so my daughter wanted me to make her these sausage rolls, which is a British food that I'm from England. And, and I didn't know that it was a good idea. I hadn't made her any in seven months of being abstinent, but for Christmas, I thought I would do that for her. So I made them for her and then I took a plate into her bedroom and then I went back to the kitchen and ate the rest of them. And then I didn't tell anybody and I continued to go to, to meetings and, but hardly any. And I was writing, oh, that was just a slip and I'm okay. And, you know, and, and you know, a couple of weeks later I stopped going to meetings and I gained that 70 pounds back. Uh, and people are like, oh, you relapsed this year because of COVID? No, I didn't do it because of COVID. You know, I didn't know why I did it. I don't, I didn't know why I always, why I always walked away from a program. And abstinent today, today's 99 days, and I am uh, diving into the steps and working them rigorously with my sponsor, and I'm getting answers. And now I know, now I know why, you know, somehow I managed to put together 16 years of sobriety, but uh, that's because I had the food. I could stay sober if I had the food, you know, but it got a lot harder if I got abstinent. And, uh, you know, along the way, you know, I had a couple divorces, I got diagnosed with bipolar disorder and, you know, these were all these reasons why I just couldn't do it. And I would listen to chapter five and I would hear about how people, some people are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. And I knew that that was me. I didn't know what to do about it. And I felt like I'm one of those unfortunates and I'm not going to get it. And even though it said some people had grave emotional problems, but they could recover if they had the capacity to be honest. And I just didn't even really know what that meant. I just, I didn't get it. And, you know, I've been working, I've been working with my sponsor. You know, this time she said, you want to commit your food? And I said, I can't do that. It just makes me crazy when I commit my food. What I really meant was, if you make me commit my food, I'm going to lie to you. And then when I lie to you, I can't work with you on the steps because I'm lying to you for lying to you so I wasn't willing to and she said okay you don't have to because she's that kind of a sponsor and you know she she knew what you know my general food plan was and she she saw that I was losing weight and we just worked on the steps but you know God took care of me because uh I blew my knee out in my first 30 days um my first 30 days was rough, I'll tell you. I, I had been on lithium for 10 years for my bipolar, and I found that my kidneys weren't working very well. And uh, and that was part of what sent me back, but they took me off my meds. So I got manic, and I was all over the place. Couldn't sleep, had weird thoughts, and, and I was running around and not sleeping, and I hadn't been off the couch in seven months, and they said I needed to go back to work, and 
you know, I gained 70 pounds and my body couldn't handle it. And I blew out my knee and I couldn't walk. So I went on medical leave. Best thing that ever happened to me. You know, this pandemic is horrible. And I I feel for all of the people who've lost their businesses and worse, people who've lost their lives. But for me, this was a huge godsend because I found out about Zoom meetings and I got to go to meetings where I could find people that I really could relate to. Because even in Long Beach, every meeting I went to, I was always the fattest person in the room. And I'm like, well, where are the big people? Where are the big people? And I didn't meet hardly anyone that used to be that big. And I felt different. And I use that as another excuse. But now I can go to a meeting a day and I do go every single day. And I was never willing to do that. Um, I thought that was crazy. I used to hear old timers in AA say that. But now I know I only have that daily reprieve and I have to do it every day. And guess what? I suck at doing it alone. I'm a horrible self-sponsor, you know. And when we started doing these steps into my four-step, all of the stuff came out about what a problem I have with, with being honest and how I've been lying to myself my whole life because I had to. I had to. There was some horrendous stuff that happened in my childhood. You know, I'm a survivor of some bad stuff, the bad sexual abuse stuff, and I had to lie about it to survive. And then I turned to the food. I had to lie about the food. Because I was stealing food in the house that we didn't have enough a lot of the times, but I was stealing it, you know. So lying just became part of my second nature. But I didn't even know I was lying because I couldn't face the idea that I was a liar. So I just pretended whatever I thought was true. So I didn't even know how dishonest I was being with people. I didn't even know how dishonest I was being with myself. And when I told my sponsor this, she said, okay, so each night make a list of all the people you lied to. And we'll talk about it the next day. And once we started doing that, I started changing my behavior and I started getting more honest and I started to become willing at my 90 days. I became willing to let go of, of my diet soda that I told her I'm not letting go of that. I got willing to let go of my final uh, foods that were uh, processed foods that weren't in my best interest. And I started exercising. I became willing to exercise. And, you know, with this abstinence, I surrendered to vegetables I'm a junk food addict. I never ate vegetables. You know, I lost 170 pounds and I bragged that I did it without eating vegetables and I did it without exercise, you know, but I wasn't healthy and I didn't feel as good as I do now that I eat healthy foods. And, you know, one of my fears that I was writing about in my four step is the fear that I can't stay abstinent for the long haul because I haven't done it more than, you know, four or five years before. Um, but, and, and it's been killing me. Look at me, you know. I've got so much arthritis and diabetes and a blood clotting disorder and fatty liver and kidneys are only working at 50%. And, you know, this, this disease is, is, has been taking me piece by piece. But I'm just here to tell you that I have survived relapse and I'm, I will survive it again if it happens to me. Thank you.